Give a big encouragement and round of applause to Simon as he comes to preach to us. Welcome, Simon. Good evening. If you can hear me, say hey. If you are on the left side of the tent, so for this line here on the left, if you can hear me, say hey. Average. If you're on the right-hand side of the tent and you can hear me from the front to the back, give me a deep Better. On the left. On the right. On the right. On the right. On the left. Now, just so I know that you're listening, throughout this message, I might just drop in on the left. And as quickly as you can, respond. Have you got this? Easy. Well, it's nice to meet you if we've not met before. My name is Simon. I've been involved with New Day a lot over the years, often in the worship team, leading worship, helping write some of the songs. And tonight, it's my great honour and privilege to speak to you from the Bible. I've got one verse we're going to look at, just one, nice and simple. I'll read it to you. It's from Matthew 4, 19, one verse. It goes like this. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's all it is. Follow me, I will make you fishers of men. This is a message in two halves. Follow me is going to have two points. Fishers of men is going to have two points. How many points is that all together? On the left. Geniuses, well done. Your maths is brilliant. Point number one, are you ready? Come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Point number one is this. It's about your location. You see, when Jesus called people, he met them where they were at in their location. He didn't just sort of stand still and wait for people to come to him. You know, I'm just going to stand here all day between uh, 1 and 5 p.m. If you want to be my disciple, come and sign up. Here's where I'm at. Now, he didn't do that. He walked around to their locations. Matthew 4, Peter was fishing. Jesus went and said, hey, follow me. Later on in John 1, Philip in Galilee, Jesus sees him, he goes to him, he says, follow me. In Luke 5, Levi sitting in a tax booth. It's quite a lonely place. It's a place of shame. He went over, he says it saw Levi. He went to his location And he says, follow me. Jesus didn't just sit down and wait passively. Who's going to be my disciple? If I just wait here, someone will follow me. No, he got down. Jesus had legs and he walked around. He walked around Galilee. He walked around Nazareth. He found peace. I'm coming for you. I see you. I see you. I've come to your location. I know how you're doing. I've seen you this year. I know the things that have made you happy. 
I know the things that you're struggling with inside. I know there's a big smile on your face, even though you're an Aston Martin fan. It's been a difficult weekend, I know. I see you. Come follow me. He walked around. He just walked. He saw us up there. There's another guy right there. I see you. I see you. I know you. Hey. I have seen you every single day since New Day 2022. There's not been one day you've walked on your own. I've come to you. I've come to your location. Come follow me. This is what Jesus was like. He didn't just wait. He walked. That's the God that we worship. Who would like to see me jump onto the stage? Yeah, good one. I used to do that when I was like 22. Now that I'm 24, I can't. Point number one. Your location. Jesus comes to meet you where you're at. I have been in my life, looking back, at moments, like a spiritual iron man. Like I've fasted and prayed and seen things happen and I've prayed for money and I've just been a, a man of the kingdom. And in that place, I've met Jesus. He's come to me. I've also been a lonely, rejected 16-year-old. Lost my friends, kicked out of a band on my own. And in that place, Jesus came and found me. I have been, figuratively speaking, curled up in the floor in my own prison, chains of my own sin. And in that place, Jesus has met me. Friends, Jesus meets you exactly where you're at. Tonight, you might be on the front foot spiritually. You might be caught up in things nothing to do with God. Football, Fortnite, your friends. Wherever you are, Jesus comes to your location. Tonight, you might even be in a tax booth of shame. You know, you've turned up at New Day, everyone's singing and dancing and happy, and you're like kind of wanting to join in with the banter, but inside you're broken and hurting and the tears are just here and you're struggling. Jesus comes to your location, comes exactly where you are, and he's coming to you tonight. That's point number one. On the right. I just need to say, you've misunderstood the assignment. It was a quick, huh. Much better. Are you ready for point number two? Point number two is this. It's not just location that he comes to. It's what he says These two words, follow me. Notice he didn't say this. Hey, follow these rules. Or follow religion, right? What did he say? He said, no, follow me. Really simple. Christianity is about following a person. You know, when I was uh, in probably year 10, 15 years old, 
I caught myself thinking one day, what does it mean to be a Christian? And all I could do was put it down to these three things. One, don't get drunk. You know, I knew in my youth group we learned alcohol, whatever, but don't get drunk. Christians don't get drunk. Okay, gosh, you know, year 10, that kind of age. You go into a party, they might start passing around some alcohol, you know, oh, don't get drunk. Second one, don't have sex unless you're married. You know, that, that's what we got taught. Okay, gosh, that, you know, and you're 15, your body's changing, blood's pumping all around the place. Oh, okay, what do I do? Girls have gone from that's like bad to you're quite attractive. But no, rule number two, don't have sex unless you're married. And then number three, every Sunday go to church. You need to go to church. I remember pondering, these are, these are like, is this what it is? Is this what being a Christian is all about? Friends, that's following rules, not following a person. Even if a person is behind these concepts, it's a difference between just following rules or following a person. And then it was around the age of 16, I understood that you could have a friendship with God, a relationship with God, just like you do with your mates. And like you spend time with your mates, right? You hang out, you play games, you go to Maccas, you connect, you have a laugh. I understood at the age of 16, you can actually do that with Jesus. When Jesus came to Matthew and said, come follow me, he wasn't like, great, here's my account at Jesus Christ, just hit follow. I'll see you in a few years, mate, bye. No, he literally said, follow me as a physical person. They did day-to-day life with Jesus. One day, they just see him preaching to a crowd. Another day, he'll be, as Adrian said, healing physical bodies. Another day, he'll be standing up to the Pharisees, telling them they're hypocrites. Wow, what a guy. And at the age of 16, I realised that same Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is living in me and close to me. I get to actually walk with him. And someone encouraged me to do this, said, you can walk with God and talk to him as if he's literally right here next to you. And at the age of around late 15, 16, I learned just to go for a walk early in the morning before school even started by the canal in Woking of all places. And, and the woods there, I would just literally walk around and talk to Jesus as if he was next to me. It was early doors, there's no one around, it wasn't weird. It's always weird, but it's fine. And it wasn't like, thou heavenly Jesus, Lord, I do pray for your blessing on me today. No, I don't talk to my friends like that. I just literally walked to Jesus like, God, I found yesterday difficult. It was hard what that person said. I'd be like, Lord, there's someone I really like. I don't know if she likes me. I don't even know if it's right, to be honest, but I'm just being straight up with you. I definitely have feelings. And he would listen. And I found as I began to talk to him, in my back pocket, I'd have a little Bible just like this one. And I'd just, as I'm praying, I would read about Jesus. And as I would talk to him, he would talk to me back through these words, through the Bible. And it's like he, he knew my exact situation. He knows my location. He knows what I was walking with. He would speak through the Bible back to me. And I would get home by like, you know, half seven and just be like, I've just spent an hour with Jesus. I'd get to my GCSEs. People would be stressing out, anxious all over the place. I'd just turn up. I've just been with Jesus this morning. I'm okay. I've done my revision. I've done, don't want to need to do. And do you know what? 
I got 11 nines. I didn't let I didn't let I didn't let I got a few A's and B's. I got, you know, letters is old money. I got a D in German, sad times. Um, but here's the thing, I wasn't stressed out and anxious. What happens here? I learned to have a relationship with a person, not with rules. I remember being 16 years old, going out for my birthday with some, some of my mates in my school. And one of them came up to me and said this, Braden, just as we're walking into the restaurant, hey, Braden, do you want some hash? Do you want some drugs? And I just said to him, no, I'm okay, thanks. And it wasn't like, oh, I really do, but I know I shouldn't. Oh, I really do, but the rules say don't. No, I've been with a person who's changed my life. I've been walking with somebody who knows me through and through. I've been with a person who's been talking to me and stirring in my spot. I've been walking with the Holy Spirit day by day. I don't even want it. It wasn't even a hard decision. When you meet somebody who sees you inside out, walks with you day to day and loves you with an everlasting love, it transforms you and it actually makes you want to walk in righteousness. It wants to make you want to make good decisions of your life. And you read through things that, these aren't rules, these are things written on the inside that make you want to follow Jesus. So here's the problem with rules, right? One of the problems with rules is I like breaking them. It feels so good. I'm the kind of guy that if there's a sign that says, don't step on the grass, I'm like, yeah, no. What are you going to do about it? Like, this isn't good, right? When I see a rule, there's something in me, like a little slight rebellious streak. I just want to break it. And that's not good, you know, in its sort of raw sense. Sometimes you want to kick against authority. I know there's no one else in the whole tent like that. That's just me, isn't it? Do you know what I found as I opened this book and I looked at Jesus? I found somebody who both his whole life never sinned and walked for God perfectly, but also there were extra rules that were put on him by the Pharisees and other people, and he broke those rules. Jesus was a rule breaker. He was both like somebody who was happy to stand up to hypocrisy and stand up against injustice. So no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live under that. And he both perfectly followed the law. I was like, what a guy. What a, what a man this is. I'm going to follow you. And you suddenly see this, this, this leadership, this, this, this man appear. That, wow, I want to follow him. I want to be around him. Some of you young men in the room, you're confused about what it is to be a man. Culture's telling you one thing. Tate's telling you this thing. You're seeing something. I don't want to be like that. Oh, should I be like this? I don't know if I am a man. What does it take to be a man these days? When you look at Jesus and you start to walk with Jesus, you see the most perfect, pure-hearted, strong man that ever existed, filled with compassion, filled with love and walked in righteousness before a holy God. I want to follow him. Some of you girls, when I talk to you about having a relationship with a man, you're like, no thanks. Every man I've got close to, they just want one thing. I don't want to be around that. I don't trust men. They either walk out or it goes bad. Let me tell you, when you open the Bible, you start to walk with Jesus. You find a man, the way he is with women, the way he created a safe space for them, whether he showed compassion, the way he even defended women and told other people to go away and, and just created safety and love. Oh, I want to be with that guy.
open bracket. On Wednesday afternoon, we have a seminar just for guys in this big top, 3 p.m. And on Thursday, one just for girls, 3 p.m. to talk about this very topic. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman and walk with Jesus? I encourage you to go, close bracket. When you walk with Jesus, you discover who you really are. And this is the heart of the gospel, right? He says, come follow religion. No. Come follow rules. No. Come follow me. So New Day, I have a question for you. Are you more aware of the rules in your life that you are like not doing so well with, I'm not cutting it on, I'm not doing so well here, I'm failing this, I've got shame because I keep getting this wrong. Are you more aware of this or are you more aware of a living and dynamic relationship with a person? The latter is the heart of the gospel. Jesus calls you into a living relationship with a person today. Jesus comes, point one, to your location. Not to just whack you over the head and say, come on, what the heck do you call that? No. He says, come on, I know you, I see you. Point two, come follow me. Come on, leave your nets, leave what you're doing. Come follow me. Do you want to know him? He's calling you tonight. First half done. Second half, point three. Let me see if you remember the assignment on the right. On the left. I'm glad you're listening. Point number three. So we've had your location, follow me. Point number three, he says, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. What the heck is that? Well, let me explain you very quickly two things off the bat. Firstly, fishers of men, what? Not women then. Is that what he's saying? Let me just quickly explain. The word men here means like mankind, humans. So in fact, even if you look at the life of Peter in the Gospels and in Acts, many times you see him working with women, leading women, discipling women. This is not a point about men and women. This is actually a point more comparing humans and fish. You got that, yeah? That's the first thing. Fishers of men, of humans. The second thing is this. Fishers of men. What does even that mean? Well, here's the deal. Peter is a fisherman. And Jesus is like, you can catch fish out of the sea. You get that, right? Just out of this sea, you get this sort of flippy, flappy fish and you put it in your boat. Well, out of the ocean of sin and rebellion and suffering and death, Peter, listen, you're going to catch people one by one by one into the kingdom of God. This is what he's talking about. And he's using language that Peter understands. And Jesus always does that. He doesn't just come to your location. He uses language that you talk in. He gets you. And that's exactly what's going on here. So right here, we see something about this fishers of men coming out of an ocean of of, of sin and and suffering and death into the kingdom of God. What, What is this about? This right here, we get a glimpse into the mission of God. Would you like to hear about the mission of God? On the left. Would you like to hear about the mission of God on the right? Here goes. 
Strap in your seatbelts. Here is where it changes pace. Let me tell you something of the mission of God. Jesus is about people. People with hearts, stories, lives, backgrounds. People with heads, bodies, brains. He's about people. The world that he loves. Yet he's about creation as well, but particularly people. And Jesus said later on in Matthew, see if you get this one, I will build my... That's about like 12 of you on the front here. If you know this verse, fill it in. I will build my... Still not sure. What Jesus said is, later on in Matthew, I will build my church. I will build my church. No, he doesn't say I will build my following. Or I'll build my reputation. He doesn't even say, I will build my, I, my church building. You know, I will build my church building. No, because the church is not a building. The church is people. And the word, the Greek word that we translate as church, ecclesia, means called out ones. People being called out. And the ecclesia is a gathering of called out ones. So Jesus saying, I will build my ecclesia. I will build my gathering of called out ones. Let me explain what that means. Each person Jesus has called out, the broken, the hurting, the rebellious, the sinful, the shameful, the ones who just keep making string of bad decisions. I will come to them. I will call them out one by one into a community, the church. Each person, a story of grace. I didn't deserve to be here. My life, I've made my choices. I was going that way. Out of the blue, he came to me and he forgave me of everything I ever did wrong. And he knew me and he came to my location and he picked me up and he showered me with grace. And now my life has changed and I cannot take any credit for it. He's done it. Person after person, story after story of the grace of Jesus. He's met them in their location. He said, come follow me. And he's transformed and changed their life by grace. And a community of that is, a, is an ecclesia. And why does he do that? So that this group, this ecclesia, and this is the kicker, that they would go and meet the world in their location. Just as Jesus came to them and saved them, now I'm sending you to go, to get off the stage of your life and to go and meet people in their location, to find them, to love them, to treat them with grace and mercy is the call that God gives us in our lives. That's God's mission on planet earth. This is what he means by fishers of men. It's not just some random fishing trip. Now you might be thinking, the church, church is a boring. Maybe like this is cool. I like New Day because it's big and the, and the music's cool and there's a big lights and all that. You should come to my church, Simon. It's awful. You know, it's a small Churches are boring. Can I just re help you reframe this a little bit? Sometimes we think church could be boring, maybe because of our own little experience of it. We are, why is he even building that? I don't get it. The church is not some size project for God, right? It's not like God's in heaven playing Fortnite, just distracted and busy. 
Jesus is like, Father, um, it's, it's quarter past 10. They're gathering down on earth. You know, all churches start at half 10. Do, do you think we should do something? Go away, I'm trying to kill these people. We're like, yes, 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 yes. Father, it's 10.25. I, I think we should probably go and show up now. That, do, can you just go out? I'm just gonna kill this thing. Sorry. I'm just completely distracted. What, what are you talking about again? Father, it's the church. They're gathering. Oh, just send Gabriel. Just get him to do one of his big magic tricks of all the lights and the angels and stuff. They're like that. That's fine. Yes, yes, yes. Father, it's, it's happened again. They gathered in Norfolk showgrounds. There's loads of them. I don't, what, what even is that again? New day. You know that thing. They all gather and worship us and they sing. Hang on, I want to kill these people. Ah, destroyed them. Should give them the big L. Yes, of course we should. No. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? The Father in heaven is nothing like that. Here's why. The building of the church is the main event of history. It has his full, fixed, focused attention at all times. It's what he planned at the beginning with Adam and Eve. You can read about it in in Genesis 3. This plan of gathering ones and twos all the way through history that one day he would call people out and the church and the kingdom of God would grow. It's what he's doing on earth. There is nothing on earth he is more passionate about than building his church. And when the church gathers together, it has his full heart and a, and, and a focused attention. 8,000 people in a field in Norfolk. He's like, yes, I want to be amongst them. I want to walk around and heal people. I want to speak, I want to talk to people caught up in rules and shame and bring them into a relationship with me. And did you know, friends, we live in a nation that's lost, confused, turned its back on God, doesn't know what's right or wrong, is drifting. Do you know what God's plan A is for reaching this nation and bringing the kingdom of joy and his heavenly presence to them? God's plan A is the church. It's his method. Through ecclesias dotted all around the place, outposts of the kingdom of God where I will dwell, people that have living, acting relationships with me will go and meet other people where they're at. Now, you'd be pleased to hear there's a plan B. What's God's plan B for reaching this nation? It's the church. Now, obviously, there's always a plan C. What's God's plan C for reaching this nation? 10 points to you. What's God's plan D? There is no other option and it shall not and will not fail. Why is that? Because he said, I will build my church. And what he says he will do, he will do. There's a verse in Isaiah 9 that gets read every Christmas. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. And it goes on to say, 
and the increase of this government and peace, there shall be no end. Oh, it's going to get bigger and bigger. It doesn't end there though. One important line at the end, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You do not have a passive God who doesn't give a rip about the church. You have a God who has zeal. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. He has committed himself to build a people and peoples in the nation and nations. And Jesus, when he came to earth, one of the amazing stories you read about, there's some people who got the church all wrong and they were using the church to buy and sell and trade and take money off poor people and make them not allowed to come to the kingdom. What is this? And Jesus made a whip and turned over the tables. He literally like kicks down table. What on earth is going on? And the disciples are like, has he lost it? What's going on? He hadn't lost it. It says of him in that passage, zeal for his father's house consumed him. Jesus is passionate about his church. So back to the story. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Right to square one of Peter's first interaction with Jesus, he gives him a purpose, he gives him an identity, he gives him a mission. Hey, I'm about something great and I want you in on it. Right from square one, you've got a role in my kingdom. Come follow me, partner with me. Just a quick sidebar. Notice he doesn't say this. Come follow me and I will make you a great worship leader. Right? He says, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. My main church ministry has been leading worship. I've uh, been a worship pastor for sort of 14, 15 years. And before that, I started leading worship um, a little bit in my, in my kids' work at like nine, 10 years old in Hastings. And then I started leading in my youth work in Woking. And then I led worship uh, on this stage at New Day when I was 18. And God has kind of been with me. I've sort of led over the last like, few years or so. And I've, been, I've just sensed God's hand in it. I've enjoyed it. I felt his sense of call in it. Do you know something that um, I noticed probably a few years back? I used to think, you know, I'm the worship person. And other people, they're the fisher of men people, right? There's this incredible guy in our church who's, who's what the Bible would call like an evangelist. And my friend, he's one of the elders in Brighton. I'll say his name. His name is Phil. And I'm going to tell you some very good things about him. He just has like faith and a grace gift from God as an evangelist to see people saved left, right and centre. I can't tell you how many people he has led to Christ through Alpha Courses over COVID. It's like Alpha Course after Alpha Course after Alpha Course. Baptism after Baptism after Baptism. The guy, like, the, he's just so fruitful in God. It's like every time he sneezes, another 10 people get saved. It's like, what, what kind of superpower is that? It's part of God's hand and call on him as an evangelist. I used to think as a worship leader, well, worship's my thing, and reaching the lost is Phil's thing. And God really stirred in my heart, maybe even, yeah, as long as eight, 10 years ago. No, Simon, I've called you to be a fisher of men. And we led a worship team of like 100 or so musicians across our sites. God started to break my heart for other musicians who weren't even Christians. That there's a whole world of people out there, Simon. I want you to go to their location. I want you to go and reach them. 
So being a full-time worship pastor, even for 14 years, it's been a great privilege. Actually, even last summer, I've just felt in the Lord, it's time to come out of that role. Even coming off staff as a church and to come and follow him. Been in a startup with Anna. I work two days a week at a tech company, uh, just loving it there. But I've just felt the call to be in the world and to love and serve people. It's the same calling, different outworking. Some of you right now, you're thinking to build the church, that means I've got to go and work for the church. And for some of you, it might be. But really, that's like 2% of a church. For some of you, you have a calling, you have a desire in your heart to go and be a CEO, to go and be a teacher, to go and be a scientist. And God is calling you in that place to go and be a fisher of men. In that place that you would go and carry something of the life of Christ to those places. So, This is where square one, meeting people where they're at, loving people, knowing people. He has many people in this nation that he wants to reach and it's an unstoppable purpose, the building of his church. Do you know in Canterbury, there's this girls' grammar school called Simon Langton. It's a great school lovely people in that school but it's actually underneath all of the education and the smiles and the girls there's brokenness there's hurt there's all kinds of things back home which are difficult there's parents who are divorcing people turning up to school with a smile on the outside inside they're hurting God in heaven is like who could I send to Simon Langton there's this one girl 12 years old Grace Duffy I'm going to send her. She walks with me. She's at New Day. I'm going to send her into that place so she can be right in that location amongst those girls. And when she goes to school on a Monday and say, where have you been this weekend? I had a great time at youth group. Tell me about it. God plants people in places, sent on purpose. Do you know in Harpenden, There's this great school, St. George's School. It's a big school. There's a sixth form. But similar to many sixth forms, there are teenagers who are experimenting, trying, doing things. Outwardly, look like they've got it together. Inwardly, a lot of hurt, brokenness, fear, anxiety, and worry. God's like, who can I send? There's this one guy, Ben, Ben Kinghorn. If we could just plant him in that school for many years, filled with the light of Jesus, filled with the fragrance of Christ, he could see many people come to know Jesus. He would have footprints in people's lives that he might not even know about for years to come, just by being a man in Christ. It can feel overwhelming, right? When you talk about reaching the whole of the UK. How do you do it? Very simply, one heart at a time. One heart, one person at a time. That person you sit next to in geography, that's not an accident. That person you walk to school with, that's not an accident. He's calling you, commissioning you, purposing you to go into his world that he loves. Hands up if you have ever experienced Jesus come and meet you in your location. 
Just look around the room. Keep your hands up. Hands up if you have experienced Jesus meet you in your location with his mercy and grace in some way. Isn't that phenomenal? Hands down. He has called you not just to be someone who receives Jesus, but now to be someone who walks in relationship with Jesus and to be someone who goes and partners with his mission to be a fisher of men. That's point three. It was a long point, but we got there. On the left. On the right. So number one, your location. He comes off the stage of heaven, right to where you are at. Number two, he doesn't say, come and follow a list of rules. Come and follow some religion. No, he says, come and follow me. Come and meet the man who knows everything you've ever done and still pours love into your heart. Come and walk with me. I will take you on an adventure. Number three, he says, come follow me and I will make you a great, awesome person. Nope. Number three, come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. I am about a great purpose that has been going on for centuries. It will not fail and I want you in on it. Will you partner with him? And point number four is this. Jesus empowers you. I think it's kind of cool that Jesus doesn't say, follow me. And if you're really good at it, I'll give you a job. Or follow me and the elite ones who really make it through. You know, there's always the A-star students, the nine students. You guys, I'll take you to the next level. Everyone else, thanks so much. Off you go. <laughs> Why did he whoop that? Um, sorry, no offence. Um, what he actually says is, no, follow me and I will make you a fish of men. Do you catch that? I will make you fishers of men. He's going to do it. This actually isn't on you completely. I will do it. He takes ownership of you and your growth in God. I will make you. So he's come to your location. He's going to help you. He takes ownership. You know, I made my choice. I chose to be a worship leader. And God in his kindness came alongside and helped me, but he's committed to making me a fisher of men. Simon, let me talk to you. I'm really enjoying the songs that you're writing and this stuff. Do you know there's a lot of people that don't know me? And you, just, oh, you start to feel his heart. The closer you walk with Jesus, the more you start to feel his heart for other people. How does he empower us? How does he do it? Day one of encountering Jesus. Jesus spoke to Peter. What did he speak? He actually spoke destiny to him. Peter, all he saw was some nets. All he saw was some flippy, flappy, smelly fish. Might not have had much of a vision for his life. Yeah, maybe if I hit the big time, I'll get, you know, start my own fish shop. I don't know. Jesus comes in and sees him and sees church leader. Mighty man in my kingdom. Come follow me. I'm going to make you into something. Jesus comes to us and he's got this way of seeing somebody at day one and knowing what they will be at day 1000 and speaks it into being. Did you know that? He knows where you will be in five years. He knows you'll be in 10 years. He knows the plans and purposes he has for you, New Day. 
He has got purposes for every single one of you. That if he let you in on all of it, it'll blow your minds. Plans for good. He's not out to get you. He's got plans so big, it makes the whole of the Marvel Universe look like Humpty Dumpty. He's about something much bigger. And there's you. Oh yeah, if I could just catch another fish, if I could just you know, be a better fisherman in this boat, if I could just, you know, oh, hopefully I'll get through my GCSEs after that. I don't, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I don't really care. Well, maybe I might do this, maybe that. He has purposes for every single one of you. And he knows where you'll be in a thousand days. And this is one of the ways he does it. He comes to you at the now and speaks into existence what he sees here. So he'll come to you now and speak words of destiny. I know who you really are because I've made you and I've got plans for you. And so he came to Peter, a no one, and he saw what this man would become. And you read about him later on. This guy's a dangerous man in the kingdom. He just sees breakthrough in situations. He stands up and preaches to hundreds, thousands of people. Peter, like he walks on water. Like he's a failure in lots of other ways. Doesn't matter. Jesus still uses him. Jesus has got plans and purposes for you that you do not know about. But this week, he's going to start teasing things into your heart. And you're like, oh man, I thought my life would be about this. And he's going to say, that's good, but you need to leave those nets behind. I've got something for you. When all you see is a fumbly insecure teacher all you see is a teenager just like I'm insecure and I've got issues and I don't really like myself Jesus comes to you and says I see a pastor I see a prophet I see a CEO I see somebody who's going to stand up and make a change in my kingdom destiny brings encouragement to you and he is committed to doing that you're not on your own he empowers you and friends I'll wrap up here this is what New Day is all about This nation does not need a bunch of boring, rule-following goody-goodies who at their face look like they got it together, but they're sinning behind the scenes. This nation needs a young people who have caught the fire of Jesus, who are standing in the commission and the purposes of God. And they look Jesus in the eye and his eyes are fire. And their hearts come alive about something bigger than themselves and they say as for me I'm going to follow you as for me and my life I'm going to make a difference as for me and my whole being I'm all about you I'm going to leave my nets and follow you're about something and friends that's what New Day is about and this is going to be a week of fire because God's full of fire we need young men and women who've met Jesus who are filled with fire and are going to give their lives to change history. He's calling you. Will you follow him? Very quietly, you have responded to that question with a clap, which I presume is a yes. Now I want you to respond to that question silently in your heart. Just as the band quietly come on stage. Shh. 
I will ask the same question and I don't want you to reply with a clap. Imagine Jesus is walking out off this stage right now, coming right to you, knocking on the door of your heart. I've come to your location, follow me. Let's just stay seated at the moment. I'm gonna hand over to these guys.